0: Welcome listeners to the Double Eye Show, Fantasy Island, where we got you covered on all things fantasy. I am Bombo and I'm here with R.W. King and Sweet T. And today we are going to be going over your starts and who you're going to be sitting your ass on the bench. Don't go anywhere near that field. But first we will start with who we are starting in week 14 and I'm going to swing it over to Sweet T to let you know who you need to have in your lineup. Lock them in, T.
1: All right, so I'm about to piss off a lot of people and probably my co-host, Bombo and King, because I'm doing something we have not done all season long. I'm picking a kicker. This week's must start, Robbie Gold. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. Kickers are not going to move the needle most times and most leagues, especially if you're in PPR. But what happens when those key guys that you are counting on shit the bed? Those guys... They just don't get you those points, and it's up to that kicker to bail them out and get you those points that are going to be that one or two points that's going to win you that week. And this week, it's going to be Robbie Gold. Not only is the guy just clutch, the guy's with nails in Chicago. Don't, don't get me started on why they let him go. They should have never let him go as a Bears fan. That just bugs me. I'm salty about that still. In San Francisco, he has just been lights out. Doesn't get the pub like everybody else does and and a lot of other kickers. But this guy is just consistent. This week, Brock Purdy, he's starting his first game ever. Mystery irrelevant. But he has to go up against Tampa. Tampa has the second best defense in the NFL. I understand. Brock Purdy had a really good game coming in for Jimmy G. But I don't know. Going up against this stingy Tampa defense, I think he's going to be able to move the ball. But I don't know if he's going to be able to get those tighties because that Tampa D, when it gets in that red zone, they start clamping down quite a bit. They don't let up a lot of points. So I really think that this is going to be decided on Robbie Gold's leg. So for me, week 14 has got to be Robbie Gold. Wow. Kicker.
2: Kicker. First kicker.
0: So I'll tell you what. You did talk up Robbie Gold last week when we were talking about Miami versus San Francisco, and you brought up that San Francisco does have that kicking advantage. And lo and behold, I want to say that Robbie Gold probably scored in the top three fantasy scores from that game for San Francisco. And if a George Kittle owner, if you were to tell him you got eighteen points, because that's what Robbie Gold put up against. Miami, if you were to tell the George Kittle owner that, hey, here's 18 points, they would have gladly taken that 18 points from the kicker position. Get out of here. So I'm not going to say that's too far out there with coconuts and what may be a defensive battle and it may come down to the kickers and give me Robbie Gold over the other guy in Tampa any day. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I get
0: it. But kicker T, come on, dog. He's as good as gold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's between not starting a kicker and starting Robbie Gold, I'd say start Robbie Gold.
2: Yeah. All right. right, It's going to
0: bring us over to King King. Who is your must start for week 14?
2: Well, I think we talked about him on the, who the fuck man is Garrett Wilson. I think just trending up. I think with white Mike, I think this guy's, he's averaging about 14, 15 targets a game. You know I mean? You definitely want a guy like that on your roster. Right. To me. I mean, if you got a guy who's struggling and you're not really sure if he's even going to get you any points, then why wouldn't you play it? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you make the switch and put in Garrett Wilson? He's definitely healthy. He's looking good. He's running long touchdowns. He's making guys miss downfield. I just think that he's he's trending up, and I think with White Mike the rest of the year he's got a couple of tough matchups. But I, I just I like him. I like the kid. I like what he's doing, and just the fact that this quarterback is just so tuned into him. You just you got to start him. Garrett Wilson, my must start.
0: Yeah, Garrett Wilson is almost a lineup lock. So I want to play a little game here, guys. I'm going to throw out some comparable names in fantasy, and you let me know if Garrett Wilson should get the start over these guys. Are you starting Garrett Wilson over Christian Kirk?
2: Yeah, I am. I am just because I think I would rather take the chances because of the last two weeks with the new starter and that Christian Kirk is very inconsistent. And now Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a little bit of an injury himself. So I don't know how he'll be going in the next couple of weeks, you know? So I, I think, you know, you look at Christian Kirk and he just, he's an inconsistent guy. He's one of those guys like we talked about. He just needs a number one guy and he'll just be even better, you know? So I think I'd rather go Garrett Wilson at this point with white Mike.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, I'm gonna agree with that, but for different reasons. Right now, Trevor Lawrence, he's really hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. And Christian Kirk is the same way. But I think part of what Christian Kirk, the reason why he's having those hot and colds is because Trevor Lawrence is so inconsistent at that position himself. So for me against the Titans, especially in week 14, you know, Christian Kirk trying to get some points against that defense, I would take Garrett Wilson all day long.
0: I'm going to agree with you guys. I'll take Garrett Wilson and just off the rapport that he's got with white Mike, I'm, I would take Garrett Wilson in that situation. So I'm going to throw another one at, and this is a little tougher. Think about the think. We have to think about the two directions that they're going at, at the quarterback position, as far as who's hot, who's not. Are you starting Garrett Wilson over Amari coop? Yes. yes,
2: yeah, just because it's Sean Watson and what he can do. I mean, you talked about, man, he got, he almost got laid out three or four times. Playing Garrett Wilson,
1: yeah, that's an easy one. You know, Deshaun Watson looked lost at times out on the field. He he was like rolling left when he should have been rolling right, and he just he just didn't look good. So I just don't have any kind of faith that he's going to be able to bounce back anytime this season. So that's an easy one for me, Garrett Wilson, all day long.
0: All right, all right, we're in agreement on that one. I'm just going to throw a hard one out now, and we're you talked about Brock Purdy earlier see if this matters are we starting Garrett Wilson over Debo Samuel
2: no I'm still going to start Debo because I think that offense is it's quarterback proof it's position proof you know it really doesn't matter they made a CJ Beathard look like a monster one year you know what I mean so Purdy knows the offense he just needs to deliver on time you know Jimmy G he
1: just
2: 100% yeah he, he you know Jimmy G's Jimmy G so I like Debo
1: I like Debo too. Purdy is Jimmy G light. You know, he's just like the, the reincarnation of Jimmy G. He's efficient. They don't want him to do too much. They just want him to be a good distributor and make good decisions. And that's what he was doing last week. So I don't see a need to be able to say, okay, Debo is one of those guys that you just can't trust right now. Or you just, you you know, you got to sit because of the quarterback. I think right now
0: I would take Debo for sure. And that's where I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think right now going forward, Garrett Wilson is a top 10 wide receiver. Set it and forget it. He'll probably, there's, I would say right now, he's probably going to take a Lave spot in my mind for as in top 10 to 12, just because I I just don't have right now. I would rather have white Mike than, than the, the red pistol. So I think King, you made a lot of great points when it comes to Garrett Wilson, as far as why he should be a starter and a must start. But I think it's. I'm ready to go out on the ledge and say he might, he's, could win you the league. He could probably be this year's Almond Ross, St. Brown. Just putting up crazy numbers every week in wins or losses. Because when he has gone off this year, they've been in nail biters. Like, they're literally in all these games. They were in it to the end against the Bears. They were in it to the end against cleveland they're in it to the end against the vikings and when it came down to it when it came down to it, i know you guys are probably watching the game it seemed like they were saying hey fourth and six just let mike white throw it to garrett wilson deep down the field see what happens they weren't even trying to get the first down they were going for touchdowns so give me that offense give me the upside of that offense and give me that white mike to garrett wilson connection until proven otherwise And I will go into my must start, and it's going to come from the tight end position, the wasteland of fantasy scoring, where if you don't have the top two guys, you're rolling the dice. But give me Pat Friermuth against the Ravens. Kenny Pickett has, I mean, he's, I guess, an upgrade at the quarterback position to dead arm Ben Roethlisberger last year. I don't think Mitch Trubisky got too fair of a shake to, in my opinion, but it is what it is. Deontay Johnson has been rendered pretty much useless in this offense. He's not catching touchdowns. He's not catching any big plays. He's not getting the separation that's needed because Kenny Pickett needs to put it on the money. Pickens is getting those targets and he's getting those big catches, but that's just because Pickens is a freak wide receiver with great hands who can create separation and make the most out of a bad throw. So the only person left in an offense that is consistently open and consistently target in Kenny Pickett's line of sight is Pat Fryermuth, and even last week in a quiet performance he was still targeted a ton still put up over 10 fantasy points and they're going against Baltimore who just lost Patrick Queen they still have Roquan Smith getting acclimated to that defense and that scheme so I know that their secondary lately has been playing lights out they're not giving up big plays and they have the beast up front to put some pressure on the quarterback, but those linebackers and those safeties right behind that front four is really suspect. And they couldn't have that zone exposed. And I think they're going to expose it with Pat fire move. Now I'm not saying he's going to catch three touchdowns or he's going to put up Mark Andrews numbers, nothing like that, but you can confidently start him at your tight end and, and he'll meet mate projections or beat it by a little bit. If he gets anything above that, you're playing with house money. So I'm saying at a volatile position where points is a must, start Pat Firemuth. He's ascending right now. And he seems to be the only person that's clicking with Kenny Pickett. What say you guys?
2: I agree. I think that, you know, Pickett is utilizing that underneath stuff a lot more. He's looking for pickings, obviously. You know what I mean? He, he really is. But it, Deontay Johnson and him aren't clicking. And he's struggling everywhere else. So it's like, I mean, that should be his, like his security blanket. And I, he's starting to realize that this guy is a lot better and he can trust him a lot more. So I think even in the next few weeks, you guys will probably see his numbers even go up more.
1: Yeah, you know what? Over the last three weeks, the week 12 against Indy, he really didn't have any kind of impactful But last week against Indy, the week before the Indy game against Cincy, he had a a really big game as well. You know, he's had a couple really huge games this year. And I really like the fact that kind of to both of his points that he's starting to become that security blanket over there and he's getting more targets. The one thing I will say is the way that i see him being used right now reminds me of Injoku earlier in the year when he was healthy and he was playing i'm seeing a lot of that type of feel with him they're finding him in the flat they're finding him you know any way that they can and then he's just i mean the guy's just stumbling for like another 20 yards getting hit by five guys cuz he's so big and still staying on his feet so yeah. I, I like that start. I really think that he's trending upwards, especially, you know, two out of the last three weeks. And I really think from here on out, he's probably going to be getting some pretty more, at least some more consistent.
0: Yeah. You're right. T when like I always say, you know, look at it from the position point of view. Now there's not many people that are going to take fire moves and put him into their flex position. If you, have, if you have tight end eligible, eligible flex, but for that tight end position, if you want 10 points or anything above 10 points you want to go with a sure bet right now his position in the offense the targets that he's garnering and the defenses that he's playing I think that he should be locked into your lineups in your tight end position unless by chance you have one of those other two guys because right now I would say the number three spot is up for grabs it would probably be between be between Friermuth, Hawkinson, and kittle sometimes but the drop off from kelsey andrews to the next tier of guys is so big that i mean you're good with throwing anybody out there that you can plus one of my favorite things in football right now is either at home or on the road when he catches and the whole crowd goes "move." love that so that is our must sits for week 14 but will also give you the dark side as opposed to the light side and tell you who you need to be sitting on the bench. The guys that need to be away from your team, away from your starting lineup and sitting their ass on the bench. And I'm going to start it off. And we talked about it earlier with this Bucks, San Francisco D versus D. I expect that to be a straight dog fight, And I don't think the Bucks running game is going to do it against San Francisco. I think they're going on a full blown committee approach now. If you guys saw that. Tom Brady come from behind victory on Monday night football against the Saints you saw that they would go with Rashad White he'd break off a couple things a couple good runs a couple good catches boom go immediately to Lenny and then Lenny Peels went off for about eight yards with a 10-yard catch so they were kind of counseling each other out Rashad White did have that touchdown at the end of the game to win it But to tell you the truth, Tom Brady threw two touchdowns in the last 20 seconds since he did hit Chris Godwin with an absolute laser in the end zone on just a spectacular play nullified by a holding call. But Rashad White also had that crucial fumble earlier in the game that kind of turned the momentum and gave it to the Saints who led most of that game right after that fumble. And he was actually running like he was trying to get his starting job back. But I think we know we're not going to get 20 carry a game, Lenny. Fifteen targeted game, Lenny, because they want him for the playoffs. They have playoff hopes and they have Super Bowl aspirations. So I think they're going with a full committee approach. That's going to eat into each other's fantasy ceiling. And San Francisco's run D is legit. I mean, plain and simple, they held Jeff Wilson and Mostert to like 20 yards total and to the point where they weren't even getting the ball after a while. And this is coming from a coaching staff, Miami, that knows exactly what San Francisco's strengths were. So they didn't even try to run the ball. I think it's going to be the exact same thing. So you may have one of these guys blow up, possibly, but there's no way that both of them are going to blow up. And just being as a fantasy owner, trying to decide who you should start, I think the headache is just too much. If you start, I guarantee if you start Lenny, Rashad White's going to blow up. And if you're going to outthink it and start Rashad White, it's going to be the exact opposite lane. He's going to blow up. Stay away from this backfield. Take a flyer possibly on somebody that's been on your bench that has a little bit more upside. Stay away from the Bucks running backs against San Francisco. What say you?
2: I mean, I like it. Yeah. I think they don't even know what they're doing there. And I think it just makes it hard for fantasy owners. You know, Leonard Fournette was the guy. He got hurt. Then Rashad White came in last week. It was just a crazy ass game. And I agree, Bumble. I ain't playing any one of those motherfuckers unless I have.
1: Yeah, I'd stay really far away from them right now. I know we were really high on Rashad White a few weeks back. But, you know, this past week just looked so bad. They just look just kind of out of sorts, just on all facets of the game. They just did not look sharp at all. And Kind of to what Kinks just said. Who knows what they're doing? They don't even know what they're doing over there. It just kind of just seems kind of weird. So, yeah, from a fantasy standpoint, I want no part of this Bucks
0: backfield right. And I'm just saying, guys, I mean, I was watching that game start to finish Monday and just a little weird at the 8 p.m. mark, what we like to call in in show business prime time. Brady just went off from 8 and literally he played like 45 seconds worth of football to bring his team back and win it in dramatic fashion with a penalty thrown in there and an extra timeout that had to be used at the right time. Just thought it was weird that that happened. That was like the most exciting portion of that game. And it went from eight to eight Oh five. And we watched a stinker for the previous three hours, but you know, could it be a coincidence or could WWE type shit. So I'm going to go over to sweet tea. Let me know who you're sitting their ass on the bench this week. Oh, well,
1: this is going to be an easy one for me. My sit your ass on the bench, ride that pine for week 14 has got to be Trevor Lawrence, guys. I mean, let's just talk about what it is. This guy, like I said before, he's inconsistent week in, week out. He went up against Detroit's defense in week 13, and all he could muster up is 179 yards passing in one tutty. Now he's got to face the 10th best ranked defense in the league in the Titans. Listen, Titans got embarrassed by Philly. They got their ass handed to them. They even got their GM fired. And you think that these guys are not going to come out and try to just bulldog pass anybody that's going to be facing them this week? These guys are going to play smash mouth defense. This is the... Kind of like what the team does anyways. These guys play defense hard. You know, that's their identity. These guys are very blue collar. So I expect them to be coming out. And look, Trevor Lawrence, we understand he's a little banged up right now. We don't even know if he's going to go. More than likely he's going to go. But, you know, yes, he's banged up. And because of the fact that he's banged up and he's going against this Titan team, I definitely don't want any part of him this week. So for me, Trevor Lawrence, sit your ass on that bench.
0: Yeah, we've, I think on this show, for our listeners that they know, we go back and forth with Trevor Lawrence because we see the potential. We know what's there. We know the arm talent and we know the coach believes in him and he believes in the coach. But it's those games that you're talking about, T. He had an opportunity against Detroit to do something. And it just felt like, you know, we were expecting a lot more out of them. Now, that might speak more to Detroit rising to the occasion, but it's it's not. Let's face it. Detroit still has the same personnel that they had there. Maybe They were even missing a couple more guys in the defense that they usually have. Uh, And we were expecting Trevor Lawrence to, we expect Trevor Lawrence to blow up in games where there's favorable matchups. And that's what he puts up the mediocre ones. But then he goes against like the Ravens who are surging on defense and he puts up 300 yards and three touchdowns and a game winning two point conversion. So it's kind of odd right now. He's, he's real iffy. I think if you are in the Trevor Lawrence, you know, ownership club, you've probably already explored different options and you probably spot start him he's or he's just a guy that's on your bench while your starter is there so like I spoke about earlier with Deshaun Watson in a previous segment maybe you start Trevor Lawrence if he's your backup to Justin Fields or he's your backup to Aaron Rodgers but I just don't feel comfortable starting Trevor Lawrence going forward but he looks like his 2023 will probably be a lot better we don't know we talked about that so we think
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that statement 100%. I think it's a good year for him. You know, again, he's just basically a rookie this year. He had a shit show going on last year, so he's making big strides this year. He's done a lot of stuff. I think they need to get him a couple more weapons. But now he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. So, you know, they're not going to push him. You know what I mean? They know what they got. They're not playing for anything either. So, yeah, it's, it's really tough going forward with him. You know what I mean? So I think it's a good call.
0: Down. And every week, if you guys, to all the devoted Islanders who listen to this segment, you guys know King is going to let you know someone that he that you need to sit on the bench. And it's going to be someone that's probably been locked in your lineup. And I don't know who it is, but he's going to let you know why they need to sit. And he's going to say, he's going to put up an argument that's going to make you re reevaluate what your lineup has and who needs to be in there. So King, let everybody know who should sit their ass on the bench.
2: Well, thanks for that intro, Bob and Buck, because you know what, man? I'm going to throw it out there again. I didn't want to this week, man, but you know what? It was just such easy pickings, man. Sit your ass on the bench, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown just went off last week. This fucking guy can't do it two weeks in a row. You know what I mean? Fuck, dude. I'm telling you, man, this guy, I got him in so many leagues, and he'll blow up for a week, and then I don't see him for two or three weeks. I mean, and he's got a, a a decent matchup this week. The New York Giants secondary is banged up a little bit. Now, they're playing in New York, but you know what? Philly's an outdoor stadium, too, so they got to know how to play in the winter. I don't know, man, but you know what? A.J. Brown, I just don't even feel like dealing with it. I'm going to bench him in the pizza league, guys. I'm going to bench that fool in the pizza league this week just because I said that. Just so I walk what I walk and talk what I walk, whatever the fuck that is. You know what I mean, but AJ Brown sit your ass on the bench after you blew up last week. How about that?
0: That's the kind of content we were looking for. What do you think, T? I okay. I'm gonna just say this. King's been putting
1: his shrimp out there so much this year and swinging and missing. It's not even a shrimp anymore. It's a plankton. It's <laughs> smaller <smuggling laughs> in a shrimp. Why? Are you but it's out with there. My
0: plankton. Dog? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It's swimming, though.
1: (laughs) Come on.
2: Thank you, brother. It's barely swimming, though. Thank you, Bombo. Barely. Come
1: on, dog. Look, okay. So you made a great point that he can't put two big games together in a row. Absolutely. If you start looking at his PPR points, you know, week in and week out, he'll have a monster game and then have two mediocre games and then another monster game. It, It is what it is with this guy right now, right? But against a banged up Giants defense, plus there's a lot of drama going on now over there, right? Now Dable's having to come out publicly and say that he's addressing some issues with the locker room about playing time and guys' performance and not getting touches over there. So I I don't know. There is just a little bit of drama going on. So I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to focus. And I think maybe this is the week that it bucks that trend and he actually has a really big game. But what are we what are we talking about a big
0: game? I'm thinking over 20 points is pretty good. Yeah, I'm thinking he goes under 20 points because I'm, I'm very hip to this, to the hot and cold when it comes to any of the Eagles. We spoke about it in a previous segment, guys. The Eagles can support Jalen Hurts blowing up every week. That's a thing. And one other guy. Now, this past week against the Titans, it was it was Devontae Smith going into the second quarter, going into midway through the second quarter, and then you know that they'd said, we got to get A.J. Brown involved. We've been practicing all week to get A.J. Brown involved, and that's what happened. But it, it was looking like a Devontae Smith game. So this past week where you had two top 20 wide receivers and Jalen Hurts going off, that's an outlier situation with this team. Now, it would be different if they were face, facing some adversity, that's what I, that's that's the one thing I think that would probably benefit A.J. Brown and give his owners a little bit more of a comfortable pillow to lay on is if they were going into shootouts, if they had to throw because they were behind, but they just get ahead and they just let Jalen Hurts run for a first down, keep the clock churning, throw a quick one out. And I think this is the last time where the opportunity for A.J. Brown to blow up will be there because like King was saying it's against a giant secondary that's you know holding but you know not stopping and this is the last week before Dallas Goddard comes back and Dallas Goddard is another six or seven targets that that were going out there per game and if you really think about it if this lead stays the way it is you may see them take their foot off the gas a little bit, even though that'd be probably not the smartest thing to do with a team that hasn't been together that long that is trying to possibly win a Super Bowl. I think they're overachieving, so they need to keep up with that momentum. But yeah, A.J. Brown having two big weeks in a row, it's just the, the stats don't favor it. But like we said, if you... Don't that's don't think he's going to get a 20 or above, but please don't sit AJ Brown. If the other guy on your, if the other guy on your team is, you know, Westbrook Akinye or somebody like that. So King, thank you for letting the listeners know who they need to sit. Definitely. Yeah, Thanks for putting it out there. If you guys got the, your coconuts out there, if your plankton's ready to swim, bench a B bench, AJ Brown per King. I love it
2: plankton
1: i love plankton that's gonna be your new name plankton thanks bro
0: all right listeners that is your must start must sit for week 14 for mix master sweet tea and rw king i am bombo and we are out protect your planktons